0: The footy is finally back. We dissect all the big talking points out of the weekend's trials. His name has been on everyone's lips for the past six months, but is team sensation Joseph Sawali ready for the NRL? The Dragons get a rude shock in the charity shield. Is there cause for concern for the year ahead? And the Storms suffer a blow with Harry Grant said to miss the season opener. But will there be better news about Craig Bellamy's coaching future with the Premiers? Yes, hello and welcome to a brand new year of Inside the NRL, I'm Zach Bailey, it's great to have you joining us for the fourth year of this show. I'm new in the hot seat, but I'm lucky enough to be joined by two of the sharpest minds in (laughs) rugby league, 2010 Premiership winner with the Dragons, Jamie Soward. great to have you back. Thanks mate, looking forward to a big year. And Michael Chambers, Chief Writer for the Sydney Morning Herald and of course the Nine Network.
1: Thank you Zachary. Lovely introduction.
2: Off-season, uh, two kids, Yeah. Uh, no footy. Have you
1: missed
2: it? <laughs> yeah, I tried to sit down and watch the footy Saturday night. We moved house, but uh, I have missed it. It was nice to see some trials over the weekend. I know we're going to dissect them now, but uh, the footy's just around the corner. Really excited for that first game in a couple of weeks.
0: And, uh, Michael, you're no doubt uh, looking forward to talking about the Dragons.
1: Yeah, no, Jamie's obviously worked <laughs> really hard with them in the off-season. Uh, a big signing, Jamie Soward, to that coaching staff over the break but uh, in all seriousness so yeah there are causes for concern there we'll get into that a little bit later but wish to see how Sowie's found it back uh, 10 years on from when he last was there.
0: All right, we've got to get off to a slow start here. We can't go all one-outs early on. This is our trial match, essentially, for season 2021. On Saturday, it was great to see Joseph Suwali in his senior debut for the Bears in their trial against the Raiders. He's only 17. He's in the papers again this week. Should he or shouldn't he be allowed to play in the NRL before his 18th birthday? On August 1. Jamie Sow from what we already
2: knew, from what you saw from the highlights on the weekend, oh. is he ready to take on the NRL? I wish I looked like that at 17. <laughs> uh, he's definitely ready. Whether he will play or not is going to be the interesting thing. I think that you see some of these highlights. His body shape is ready to go. Physically, he'd be able to handle it. I know that mentally the NRL is a bit of a toll, a bit of a roller coaster at times uh, if you're not playing well. But... I honestly don't know whether he'll get a lot of footy this year. I think that they're just trying to dot their I's and cross their T's in preparation that they may need to use him throughout the year because they had some injuries last year, the Roosters.
0: So just given that, the likes of James Tedesco, Joey Manu, the two Morris brothers. Tupou. Tupou. Where does he fit in the back why, why, why do you think nah, the doesn't. Roosters are pushing so hard to get an exemption now?
2: That, I think they're just trying to just make prepared that if something happens in the first month of the season that they're able to go to this kid and, and be prepared that he's ready to play in the NRL. Yeah,
1: if, if Josh Morris does a hamstring in the next week before Round 1, then oh. Suwali's you know, next cap off the rank. He's not knocking one of those guys off. From my understanding, Joseph Suwali won't be starting the year in that starting side for the Roosters. So the club's just making sure that if there is every possibility someone gets an injury, he's ready to go. So they don't want to be putting paperwork in at the 11th hour hoping for the best. And look, We saw on the weekend, there's enough there to suggest uh, that he's going to be something special. He probably needs to learn how to draw and pass because if he butchered that try he would have been on the blooper reel for years to come. But he's he's something special. The Roosters know how to nurse him. There's one thing to remember too.
2: For every NRL fan out there if he wasn't at the Roosters, we would be pushing for this kid to be playing. You know, everyone doesn't want to see the Roosters win. They don't want to see them be successful. They buy their talent. They go out and do all this kind of stuff. This kid would be playing if it was at another club because everyone would want that to happen. So I think if you're old enough, uh, certainly that body shape is ready. And special... Yeah, exemption needs to be put forward if he's ready to play. In the Roosters' eyes, you got—is this isn't a first year coach in Trent Robinson getting a kid ready to play NRL. This is a guy who's won three premierships and been in the NRL and brought some young guys through. So I think you sit down and then work it all out together. The current NRL rules state that uh, you can't
0: play in the NRL until you're 18 years of age. As I mentioned off the top, August 1 is his 18th birthday. Michael, where are we at from the NRL's perspective yeah. as to whether they will allow this exemption through?
1: Well, the application was put forward by the Roosters last month. They wanted Joseph Swale to, to be ready to play in Round 1. The NRL went back and said, we need some more information in regards to your plans with mental wellbeing and how you plan to nurse him through his first season. Now, last Friday, the Roosters went back to the NRL with a submission and provided what was required. Uh, the NRL has now asked the Roosters to go back and undergo some specific testing to get some answers before they make that decision. Now, I think they'll get the answer there after the Roosters. I think that the... you know Peter is, let's be fair dinkum, he, he made the decision... When he was still looking like he was going to play at South Sydney Volandis made the decision to say we'll look at the exemption 12 months or six months ago and when the threat of rugby union was there so it's going to be hard for him to go back on his word but from my understanding the Roosters have put a pretty uh, compelling application together and Peter Vallandis and the RL Commission look like they're going to well, look favorably upon it but who knows? We'll find out soon. So
0: physically ready, yeah, we saw in those yeah. highlights, you can match it against the men, but mentally so, you've been in the game for a long time. You played alongside youngsters coming through. You were a youngster once. Are players ready in this highly
2: professional modern era, ready to play at 17? I played in Nathan Cleary's debut game, which is my last game, and the professionalism around him getting ready for that game You you knew that he was going to be something special. And in a a day and age where there's social media and all that kind of stuff and they're taking the proper precautions, this isn't a kid that they've just brought up from the bush and said, geez, he's been good in the bush, we're going to throw him in. He's been touted as superstar for the last couple of years. The Roosters are doing everything in their power to prepare him for first grade. And if you come in and you do have a bad game or mentally struggle like that, like I said, They've gone through everything that they need to go through to get this kid prepared, and it's a different age now. We're seeing kids be more bigger, faster, stronger, than ever before, and this is Joseph
1: Suwali's time. But see how he touched on the point earlier about the roosters and everyone loves to hate the roosters. That's going to be a serious issue for Suwali because unlike Nathan Cleary when he came in, unlike a lot of kids that come into 17 who have the general support of the public, the tall poppy syndrome, everyone's going to be like, we want to see this kid fail because the roosters have got him. It's of the situation. He's going to have to deal with that because it's not fair on Joseph Suwali the fact that he's going to be... Uh, I was criticised and scrutinised because of the team he supports. So I, I hope it just doesn't get carried away uh, with some of the fans because at the end of the day, he's 17.
0: It's Don't worry, about the, fans, mate. Don't worry so, about the fans, There's already been... He hasn't played an There's... NRL game. There's so much talk about how good he's going to be, how good he already is. Do yeah. so we all need to pump the brakes and go, hang on a minute, this kid is still 17. We all have a role to play and a responsibility to play to not talk him up or is it... The age that we live in of Twitter, Instagram, but we've Facebook, been doing it for years.
2: media. We've been doing it for years. We, Luke Brooks was the next Andrew Johns. You know, we always do it to our young kids. I just want to see Joseph Suwali play. And as for the fans, fans are going to bag, find a way to bag you. Trust me, I've been there. They're going to find a way to pick you apart, even when you have a good game. So um, I just think, yeah, just let him play. Enjoy those highlights and go to YouTube and watch. You know, we want the next. Crop coming through wanting to be the next Joseph Suwali, not you know, put all the pressures on him and, and want him to be someone else.
0: Okay, Suwali was just one of many NRL players in action across the trials over the weekend. Let's remind you all of the results from all 16 NRL teams. The action kicked off uh, with the Storm beating the Knights by 20, the Roosters. Got the wood over the Raiders on Saturday afternoon. The Titans and Warriors played out a 12-all draw while Trent Barrett's Bulldogs fought back to wedge out the Sharks. The Panthers were too strong for the Eels in the Battle of the West as the Cowboys came from behind to beat the Broncos in Brisbane and, of course, Mark Maguire's team are there on Sunday. The result, a big win over Manly Sowie. The result I didn't touch <laughs> on there, 48-16 loss for the Dragons in the Charity Shield. You joined the club this year. You returned to the club that you won a premiership with back in 2010 as a kicking coach.
2: Great relationship with Anthony Griffin. Worked closely with the players. Did that result surprise you? It did a little bit, but it also didn't surprise me the fact that yeah nothing's changed for the first month getting the first month of the season right in terms of ball control and being able to hold onto the ball souths were fantastic on the weekend I thought that yeah as a defensive unit we didn't defend how we'd been practicing and I think Anthony probably would have been a little bit disappointed in that but South Sydney are very, very slick. And their premiership window's open. Their culture has been building for the last couple of years. And, you know, Anthony Griffin's had three months there, four months there to get to train. And I think that sometimes when you train that long and you're excited about trying to impress a new coach, maybe you try a little bit too hard. Um, we've seen that in the trials, that we've tried a little bit too hard and things haven't gone right for us. But there's, there's still some positives out of that game on the weekend. Michael, so we just mentioned the opening month. It's an
0: important opening month for the Dragons. The Sharks, Cowboys, Seagulls and Knights, their first four matches. How important is it for them to get off to a good start in those four matches to ensure the pressure isn't on hook from
1: day one? Yeah, well, it's a relatively simple draw, to be honest with you, as well, compared to some of the teams. The Dragons are pretty happy with that start to the end. They need to start well. and I know Sowie's got a role there with the club, and the weekend was... It's, look, I get it. It's a trial, and you're going to tell me it's a trial. You don't get overexcited with trials results, but there are concerns there with what was dished out. Because, mate, at one point, I thought Anthony Griffin was going to be the first coach sacked in a trial game the way they were going <laughs> at half. If, if Wayne Bennett didn't take his players off at half time, that could have got seriously ugly. Now, I know it means nothing, and there's no competition points. But you're talking about a team under enormous pressure. I'll, I'll flip it the other way. Look at the West Tigers. They go into round one, confidence, sky high, they can knock off the, the Raiders. The Dragons, and they'll be self-doubt in that football team, start to think, geez, are, are we the same old mob that we were last year? Because at the end of the day, the fans are looking at it thinking, where's the improvement coming from? Because you didn't see any. I stand corrected. Next, If they win round one, I'll stand corrected. But there's cause for concern. I think that's fair. We need to remember it is a trial
2: and like I said, sometimes you go out too excited in a trial match and I, I thought I saw that on the weekend you, know, you look at Ben Hunt's running game on the weekend, I thought it was pretty good sure there was some stuff there that we'd love to be able to take back and work on but at the end of the day it's a trial, they're getting themselves ready for in two weeks time uh, I've played in many trial matches where you know, you're just wanting to get to the, to the start of the season and I think that new coach, give it some time you know, the, it's easy for me to sit here, I've got to be one sided but no. we. As Dragons fans, I get how passionate you are, right? But as a culture, we're only four months into the Anthony Griffin reign. You've got to give it time. You can't... This culture doesn't just build itself overnight. The Souths, Melbourne, Roosters, they've been
1: building for a long time. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't mean anything for the results going forward for round one. It won't. Okay, so Manly got Manly,
2: Manly got 50 points put on. Manly it. had Where, no players. Where's Manly's? Manly had no. Doesn't matter though. No Cherry just,
1: Evans. No Kieran Foran. No Jake Trebojevic. Okay. No, um, no Tom Trebojevic. No Kate Cast. No Lachlan Croker. Like there, there were no one. No one was playing.
2: Okay, so, so that does it doesn't it, it, doesn't it, does it matter in two weeks strength. time.
1: No, it doesn't. All I'm saying to you, what it does do is it increases the self-doubt in in players. You might not think that's the case, but there'll be players there who have the scars of yesteryear still lingering. And what it does is also increase pressure because the fans are watching, thinking, "Uh uh-oh, here we go again. It's, you know, was it Paul McGregor's fault? Was it the players' fault? Just everything just increases because of that performance.
0: All right, bring on round one, the local derby (laughs) between the Dragons and the Sharks, and, of course, round two between Chamis and Sowie. (laughs) The Bulldogs fought back uh, to beat the Sharks. Uh, Of course, plenty of hype around them next year. New coach, new recruits. They've got Josh Adokar on the way, Matt Burton on the way, a couple of others. But is there reason to believe Chamis in season
1: twenty twenty one? I think there's some good signs. I think Canterbury are going to be competitive this year. They're going to be challenging for a top eight position. In round 20, they may fall away, but they won't be out of contention by round 10 as they have been in previous years. Now, the criticism of Canterbury over the years is is that they had nothing in attack. That won't be the case this year with Trent Barrett as coach. They will be competitive as they have been and they'll show more in attack, I have no doubt. I think they're a year away from playing finals football. But doesn't mean they won't be competing. Come you know, round 20, they'll, they'll be there thereabouts and probably just miss out.
2: Do you agree, Stel? So will, the, will they still be in the race come round 20? Oh, I haven't got them in my eight. I think that you know, last year we saw them that they weren't the worst team throughout the year. They tried really, really hard. Their attack needed some work on, and that looks like what they've done with Trent Barrett is bring a, a very, very smart mind into their team. It's. For me, when when new toys come to the club, like you've got a new seven, you've got a new one, Hoppawati's shifted back to the centres, their back line looks a lot more balanced now, but what does that look like in a month's time when when you're under the pump? Because the Bulldogs the last five years, three of the last five years, they've finished the season really, really strong, and we've talked about next year, and we always seem to be talking about next year with the Bulldogs. Mm -hmm. Then they come out the first two rounds, stink it up, and everyone's going, oh, the Bulldogs again. You know, the same questions, potentially, what you're asking about the Dragons, but... I'll, I'll be judging the Bulldogs a month in because Cole Flanagan, you know, what does that look like when you're up against some of the powerhouses in the competition? Yeah, for 80 minutes, week after week. But, great, I'm, I'm very happy for Kyle to, to be at the Bulldogs this year.
0: Alright, it's time to pass our judgement on the Broncos. Kevin Walter's reign at Red Hill looked like it would be getting off to a good start. They led 18-6 over the Cowboys at half-time, then conceded 34 unanswered points. Michael, if you're Kevy, are you encouraged by the opening 40 or are you concerned about the way your team fell away in the second half?
1: Yeah, A bit of both. I think with, with Brisbane, a lot of the teams over the weekend took their best players off in the second half, so the second half results you probably can't look too much into unlike the dragon's first half I think that was a bit different but I, I think with, with the Broncos though that was the Achilles heel last year after halftime Sally that they really struggled in the second half and you know if, if, if that's anything to go by perhaps you know it, it might be a concern for, for Kevin Walters this year. From
2: from forty minute to the fifty eighth, they were the worst team not only in the NRL last year but in on history. Like they were diabolical in the second half. Uh, Jake Turpin back will be a fantastic addition. I think that he'll settle down the ruck for them. What again? What that looks like? It's a young team. What it looks like a month in. Um, the concerning thing is you talk about trial form and nothing changed from last year. It was just like a regular season game where they started. They look like they're in the game at halftime. I know their best players may have come off, but. Um, yeah, the second half they concede points and it's a culture thing. It takes time with new coaches. It's not, you, you don't just pick your best 17 and go, hey guys you guys believe in this culture and what it takes to play first grade in 80 minutes. It's got to be a whole squad thing and it's going to take time for Kevy, much like it will for Anthony. Well,
0: but they, they conceded three tries in nine minutes on the weekend and as you said it was a trend of last year. Kevy's had this squad since November 1. He went in there
2: early. He was meant to coach origin but he was in there early. How worrying is it that they haven't fixed that issue? very worrying, especially against the Cowboys who aren't a good attacking team. They've changed some things under Todd Payton, but then they weren't a good attacking team last year, so that'll be concerning going into Round 1, but again, it, it takes time. This is why you have new coaches every year, because the, the coach last year couldn't get the job done, so it's going to take time for them to put their stamp on what their team looks like. Sometimes you reap the rewards like we did in 2009 straight away under Wayne Bennett. Sometimes it takes a little bit
1: longer. Yeah, but what are the expectations on Brisbane? That's different. You, the Dragons in 29, 2009 were expected to get, well. I,
2: I don't did, Wayne, did Wayne come to the club? We expect with that squad in 2008 to 2009, we
1: expected to finish minor premiers. No, but right, you, overachieved. But you expect to play finals football? Are you expecting Brisbane to get much higher than they were last year? Mm, not a mile ladder. Yeah, no, me either. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So I, I, I think. But you
2: be expecting Kevy to have a stamp on the team, like yep. that. That just looks like last year. Yeah, that, just, that to me looks exactly like last year. All right, the scoreline
0: says they won by 10, but Penrith were clinical in their win over the Eels out of Panthers Stadium. Uh, the NRL introduced a whole heap of rule changes ahead of this year. Michael, uh, or the, well, the aim, speed up the game, more ball in play. You were out there, I was out there. Did you
1: notice the difference immediately? Look, the, the aim of the, the ch- rule changes is to increase entertainment, right? The first half probably wasn't the most entertaining game. But they were out on their feet, both players, and we spoke to Brad Arthur, both teams, sorry. Brad Arthur, after the game, said Clint Gutherson was running 120 metres per minute in that first 20 minutes. Now, to give you a a gauge of what... Average is about 80, 85 to 95 metres is what they train high intensity at, uh, at club level. So Clint Gutherson was getting through it in that first 20 minutes, and 32 minutes of ball in play that's more than five minutes more than the average half last year. So the rule changes are having the desired effect, and the coaches thought. That perhaps the game wasn't entertaining because the players were too tired. Now, that will improve over the course of the year. Fitness levels will, in, will improve. But it wasn't a spectacle on on uh, Saturday night. The, the tries came from either errors or individual brilliance.
0: All right, that was the perspective from the sideline. But here is uh, Isaiah Yo, the Panthers co-captain, who was part of that match. Yeah, the game is getting faster and... Um, there's a lot more ball in play which is exciting for the fans it obviously makes the players a touch more tired but it, it seems to open it up a little bit well, definitely more fatigue, um, not sure about injuries and all that sort of stuff but there's going to be definitely more fatigue and it's going to take a bit of getting used to I think for the players um, which is normal for any rule changes any sort of up in speed and all that sort of stuff but um, yeah look I, I think it's exciting for the fans and obviously um, they're a big part of this game so it's, I'd imagine there'll be a few more tries and a bit more open play but um, yeah very fast so, Sally, my question to you is, will it help or hinder he the Panthers after their runner-up finish last year?
2: Yeah, there's some question marks around the Panthers. I think that when you make a grand final, and you lose the way that they did like they had everything go right for them last year 17 wins no injuries Appy korasa carried a little bit of a shoulder injury but they had their best 17 pretty much the whole year didn't get the job done the emotion bucket how many times do you keep going back into it like the raiders did and then you get an injury you fall short so they haven't had any adversity so i'll be interested to see how they go with the adversity with the rule changes the six again rule i don't want to see a six again-a-thon to start the year to try and stamp your authority if you're a referee I think there's, you know, having watched the trials and especially watched the, the Dragons and Parramatta one closely, it was so lopsided. If, it's go, if the game's going to be fast, it has to be fast for both sides. You can't just have one team so far on top that it's so fast for them and they're getting six again, six again, six again. So uh, I worry about that. But, again, the Penrith Panthers, they'll be up there. Their, their premiership's wide, uh, windows wide open.
1: I'll tell you one thing about Penrith, and and people at the club are aware of this. Last year, everything, went, as you said, went their way. But... The COVID bubble helped them. They were all young kids, they were all best mates and they all stuck together and that actually brought the best out of them. This year, kids have turned into superstars with lots of money and the world has changed. We're gone back to the, well, almost back to where we were and the temptations are back there now. We're talking about lots and lots of money for blokes who were no names 12 months ago who are now household names in Sydney. So. Well, it's, it's, it's going to be the temptations for the players. How much do they really want it? Because the party life and the good life they're going to live with what they're going to earn over the next part of their lives, it's going to be hard to resist. It's, it's going to come back to how much they want it. And right. now
2: it's a second year syndrome yeah. with a lot of the.
0: They've got Hayden guys. Knowles, they've got Ivan Cleary. They're out there doing their mindfulness. We're not training, questioning so. that,
2: but it's last year went perfectly for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah you need they a lot every of every player in their roster available on Grand Final day. You, you almost need almost unheard of a lot of luck to win a premiership to get through all the way and. They had that luck and didn't get it done.
0: Well, thankfully, there weren't many injuries out of the weekend's trials, but here's this week's casualty board update. The Keendries came out of Melbourne. Harry Grant, he'll be sidelined for their season opener. Of course, suffering a high-grade medial ligament strain, which means he'll miss matches against Souths, the Eels and Penrith. So he's looking at a round four return. Meanwhile, Manly's Cade Cuss suffered a suspected broken thumb during their trial loss. Cuss is expected to miss the opening rounds with coach Dez Hasler hoping Lachlan Croker overcomes a slight hamstring concern to play at hooker in round one. Sowie with Grant missing for the opening three weeks, is this Brandon Smith's chance to stake his claim to be the number nine for the rest of the year? <laughs>
1: I can't believe We're having
2: we've got, this got the discussion. New Zealand hooker.
1: New Zealand test yes, I hooker. I know you really hate mate.
2: I thought he was the number one choice. Harry Grant, no disrespect to Harry Grant, love watching him play. What he did in Orange in Game 3 will haunt me forever as a New South Wales fan. But you've got the New Zealand international hooker at your team who's so good that he can play anywhere in the team. I, I thought he should have started... At, at nine for the you, Melbourne Storm. But you
1: said it just then. He's so good, he can play anywhere in the team. And he will do that, but this that's, will be his last the of the year at Melbourne. the situation. He
2: will do that because he's a great team guy and he looks like he'll play anywhere just to be in the team. But this
1: will be his last year at Melbourne. Yeah, we'll be at a Queensland club, I think, next year. There you
2: go. So Harry Grant comes straight back
0: into
1: the number nine in round four? I No, I would have Smith. Depends how good Brandon Smith goes in the Storm. He's going all right, he's playing number nine for New Zealand. (laughs)
0: There's been plenty of retention and recruitment over the off-season since we all last sat here, uh, and it never seems to stop in the NRL, Michael. The big question, is Matt Burton going to be a Panther or a Bulldog by round one?
1: Well, they will ask the question, Canterbury, uh, maybe another five times before we get to the June 30 deadline. Now, look, I don't know if people are aware of the, the rules. There's slight changes in the rules now, there's more chance of Matt Burton leaving after Round 1 than there was in the pre-season because Matt Burton, if the Panthers let, let go of Matt Burton after Round 1, they do not have to replace him in their top 30 squad. And that's huge when it comes to the salary cap, especially for a club that's quite restricted in what they can do with the cap. So the reality of the situation is it benefits Penrith far more after Round 1 than it did four weeks ago when Ken came knocking, or eight weeks ago when they first started coming knocking. So... They'll ask the question. I don't think we'll have an answer till June 30. It'll be knockback, back, knock back until they're left with no choice. I yeah. hope we see him play
2: this year. He's so good. He's so good to watch. I just, I mean, I know that Penrith are trying to win a premiership and they're, in there, but they've got Jerome Luai and to waste this kid sitting on the sideline
1: another year. Or is he sideline? Is he? Is he your 14 or is Tyrone May your 14? Tyrone May is my 14, uh, but. This is if you if you're going anyway,
2: yeah. If you got if you've got, got if you're, know, you're Penrith and
0: you've got an unhappy player at the club and his manager's spoken openly about I want to get him out, I want to get him out. He wants to get out. He wants to go to the dogs. Is it not happier
2: for all parties just to let him go? It was happy for me. I got wrist three times. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: but the thing is, yeah, mate, get him get out of there. Get no, him. it's not fair. And look. Would Matt Burden want to go if he was OK, but burn, what
2: creates this situation is being allowed to sign a contract for another club a year out.
1: And also being able, if he leaves, to go get a, a, a lot more money at Canterbury than he does at Penrith. But what's the season.
2: difference when a, a player gets sacked from one club and then goes and signs another di- it, somewhere else? Look, or wants out and then gets more money
1: somewhere else? Yeah, they shouldn't be able to get more money else. That's what I'm trying to say. But the reality of the situation is if Penrith lose Luai or Cleary to injury season over. A serious injury to one of those two, the Premiership's gone. And I don't think they can risk letting Matt Burton go if it means their season's over for, with, one, with one injury.
0: Alright, let's race through these next couple. Uh, Mitchell Pearce, what's the latest with his
1: new deal with the Knights? Yeah, he's been speaking to the Knights for a few weeks now. There's probably going to be a one-year deal sign with Mitchell Pearce staying on at the club. has been there now four years after his stint with the Roosters, so uh, expect Mitchell to stay on probably at about Four or five hundred thousand dollar pay cut as well. He, look, he's, he's one of the highest paid players in the game already, so uh, he's in the twilight of his, twilight of his career. Mitchell plays 300 games this year, he'll stay at the Knights for at least one more.
0: Okay, there are a few uh, playmakers off contract at the moment, but the Eels are throwing all their eggs in the basket of Mitch Moses. They want him to stay for the long term.
1: Yeah, the Mitch Moses situation, he's got an option in his favour to play next year at the Eels. Now, he hasn't triggered that option, but Parramatta have come to the table and said. We believe in you. We want you as our long-term seven. And they've offered another extension to Mitchell Moses to at least 2023. So he hasn't accepted that deal. They're still negotiating at the moment. But Parramatta and Mitchell are on the same page. They want him there at least for another two seasons after this year. So uh, I I think Mitchell will stay. I don't know if he'll get a lot more money elsewhere at the moment with the, the salary cap going down and a number of halves off contract. Do you have him in the top four this year? Eels? Yeah. They were about four or five, I think.
2: I've got them at six. I, I, I worried about that combination with Gutherson and, and Moses last year when they came back. It just didn't look like the team. When, when Moses was out, Gutherson was cooking. When it comes back, Dylan Brown, maybe it was just the injury and they just couldn't get it right. But, yeah, I, I want to see that combination a little bit more. But, great. Good luck to him. Hopefully he signs for five more years.
0: All right, that's uh, the signing news or potential signing news. It's now time for Hit or Miss. All right. Chamis, Rabbitohs Premiership talk
1: is premature. Uh, I'm going to say, Miss, I think it's... uh, I don't think it is premature, to be honest with you. They've been there or thereabouts for a number of years. They've played in back, well, maybe three prelims in a row now, two under Wayne Bennett, one under Anthony Seabold. They... Probably, with the Roosters, the best team on paper. So how is this talk premature? They couldn't get any closer to a grand final than what they've done the last three years. And they've got a better roster than they did back then. So it's grand final or bust, Wayne, in your final year. Good luck. They may not win it, but I I think a failure to reach a grand final is a failure for Wayne Bennett.
2: Is that your concern, Sowie? My concern is the last three years, the prelim, the final. Not being able to work that out on the run because... They came into that prelim final against Penrith as the hottest team that we'd seen probably since the Cowboys when they finished eighth. So they just haven't been able to get it done and and haven't watched it closely. And Damien Cook in those big games, the next level, yeah, how quickly can they work it out if things aren't going their way to get past that hump? Because he's one of my favourite players to watch, but in the prelim final, he would tell you himself, he's, they just haven't been able to work out what has needed to get them across the line into a grand final. So that's the premiership window is wide open. They, they'll probably start favourites, but that, there's that question mark there of how do you get over the hump. Three, three prelim finals in a row. Doing it for Wayne. Fairytale send off. Well, what have you been doing the last two years? <laughs> you haven't <laughs> been doing it for Wayne? Like, no. Well, don't worry about doing year. it for Listen, don't worry about doing it for
0: Wayne. Do it for yourself. Okay. The West Tigers have finally got their recruitment right.
2: Sowie, I'll go to you. Uh, miss, uh, there's still some question marks here. Uh, Dane Laurie, obviously a huge pick up. Penrith let him go, uh, even though they probably, you know, if Dylan Edwards gets hurt.
1: Um, Charlie Staines is their backup fullback. Yeah, yeah so uh,
2: anyway, um, Dewey, Madden, Brooks, Little. There's still some question marks over whether Adam Dewey will work at 5-8 you know, long-term. Uh, Jock Madden was fantastic on the weekend. He's had some uh, really big, I guess, superstar labels put on him. When Benji was at the club and having watched him play, he's pretty good but still learning. And Jacob Little just needs to stay injury-free. So I think there's there's teams in the NRL, the premiership window's open for those top teams. They don't have many questions about them. Tigers still got lots of questions. So that's a miss. A they miss haven't got me. it right. Uh, Did you hear the question? Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> so about it. Jacob Little, Adam know. Dewey, Luke Brooks. It's about recruitment.
2: Yeah, I don't think they've got the. I don't think they got themselves a 5'8". Okay. Well, the
1: who they haven't to the got yet. to replace? I think really the recruitment's actually really good. They made the mistake four years ago of paying overs for blokes towards the end of their career, and they made a huge mistake, and they be still paying the price for it. And they're not going to be in the clear till next year. They've gone the opposite way this year, completely opposite of Canterbury. Instead of investing all their money in big-name players, you're Nick Cotric, Josh Ado Cars. They've gone and bought the best young kids in the game. Dane Laurie, it looks like he plays like Ben Barber. He's going to be something special. The uh, kid from Parramatta, Stefano, the young prop at Parramatta, he's gone to the Tigers Otto this Kemanu. year. very good play, played well yesterday. James Roberts for 120 grand, no brain. If it doesn't work, see you later, James Roberts. Of course, they got the AJ Kapoor who they got last year from the Roosters on the wing. He looks good. Uh, to me, even uh, Sean Blore. I know he's injured, but the guys that they've spent, if it doesn't work, all their eggs are not in one basket. They can still go and sign. They've got plenty of money. Would they have been a better side yesterday
2: if Benji Marshall was still at the club?
1: No, I think they they had to cut ties with Benji. And you know, last year I was very, very critical of Michael Maguire's dropping of Benji because I thought that was the wrong decision at the time. It cost them their season. But the time to move on was last year, and I I think. That you'll find Adam Dewey at six, Dane Laurie at one, or Moses Zembai at one, depending on what happens. But
2: uh, see, I'm confused by that because if Adam Dewey was your best six and Moses Zembai was going to play one before you got Laurie, why didn't you just do that last year? Because, well, they had Benji at six last year. It's like when Milford went to fullback and that was his best position. They had Benji at
1: six last year. Look, look, you don't. uh, The question was recruitment. But you dropped Benji. They dropped Benji and they should not have dropped Benji. But the question was recruitment. The, the Tigers there have done a fantastic job. Their recruitment over the last four years has been diabolical. with Adam Hardigan and Michael Maguire, thumbs up. We saw it on the weekend.
0: Hit from Michael. All right, the last one. Will Craig Bellamy be coaching the Storm in season
2: 2022? 2020, 2020, two? Yes. No. So it's a miss. He won't miss. for point. me. Yeah, I think he'll just, yeah. You know, without Smith, this is like Belichick, uh, Belichick and uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, it might be a chance here. We don't know if Tom Brady, a.k.a. Cameron Smith, is going to come back yet. It might be a chance for Craig Bellamy to finish on top by himself. If he gets his team into a top four
1: again, it's unbelievable. I would have said miss a month ago, but from what I gather, there's a little glimmer of hope from the storm that they're convincing Craig Bellamy to go one more year.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I, who knows? We're only speculating because Craig Bellamy keeps, keeps his card so close to his chest, but hearing whispers that they're a little bit of confidence about Bellamy, maybe one more year. Why the change? Perhaps one more is he enjoy then? Is he enjoying
2: it more than what he... Not what he did before. He had fantastic players. But we've seen a different side to Craig Bellamy in the bubble this year. Being more open, being more on social media. Like, more of him being vulnerable without the camera. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we see him in the coach's box and that's all we saw him. Now we see him dressing up at training and changing attire and all that kind of stuff. Is he enjoying it more? Is that what's changed his mind He's adapted with the times of the younger guys. Maybe Brandon Smith's rubbed off and Cam Munster (laughs) rubbed off. I'd love (laughs) to hear those convos between
0: Smith, Munster and 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 Bellamy. And and Bellamy together. All right. From Bellamy to champ or chump. And, of course, this was my favourite segment last year as a viewer. So I'm going to start with my absolute champ at the moment in the NRL, and it's Angus Crichton. And this is why... I'm Is loving that, um, his
2: new look. He's off uh, Shrek. Looks like the <laughs> Lord Farquaad. <laughs> I'm, not
0: a, I'm not, not a Shrek man, so I, I, I don't have kids. With the goatee and stuff like that. But I that love with
2: about two metres extra of height, yes. I'll tell you what, he finished the game last year as probably the premium back. Look at player. those two. Seriously, they could star in a movie as... You
0: They're know, back a couple of cops. Roosters. They'll make the Forget grand final about this year. Do you, agree? Yeah. Uh, do you agree with me that, that that's a champ look, not a chump look?
1: Oh, It's, it's, champ. Be, it's better than his, the haircut he had last year, yeah. What was his the mullets are last back. Year? Didn't he have a mullet last right. year?
2: That was last year. Yeah. Come on.
0: All right, the first ever Fiji team, the Kaivati Silk Tales, quarantined for two weeks ahead of their first season in the Ron Massey Cup. And this is how they thank their hotel staff.
2: That's so special, champs! 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 Always, yeah. Uh, I've got a champ for the first show. Uh, it's our little mate here, Zach Bailey. Yeah, congratulations! You nice won the best sports coverage for individual video this year or last year. As I, was, was. I was the only man. Well, we've actually again. got the trophy here. Oh, do you? Yeah, <laughs> it's been delivered in. This will be good. We've got the pack on here. <laughs> here we
0: go. Oh, stitch up what on day one. <laughs> this will be good.
1: Oh, this is an absolute it's a golden idea. mic and a
2: golden keyboard. So I can get rid of this one? Yep. We right? know how hard you worked there on you all go. your stuff last year. Well done, mate. Thank We're you. We're very proud of you here at, the, uh, at NRL.com. If it wasn't for Saui's
0: support and Michael's support <laughs> and everyone's support here at NRL.com, there's no chance I would have been recognised. It's a team award. Had a lot of fun bringing you all the stories of twenty <laughs> You're
2: almost the same colour as the mic. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, thank you for no, that well stitch done, David, Um well But moving forward, because it is my favourite segment of the week, and thank you for having wrecked a fine keyboard, uh, I'm going to ask you guys to pick your champ and your chump of the week. So, Sowie, you'll be after round one, chamus after round two. So you've got to get thinking. You've got to be
2: out there... Send some suggestions
1: in. Yeah, exactly.
2: Tag us in. At nrl.com.
1: No, 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 no. He's just trying to get out of doing his homework. (laughs) None of this tag us in business. (laughs) I've got a lot of work to do. I've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, no, it looks like you're doing well.
0: All right. (laughs) Plenty more coming up on nrl.com. Not today. Tomorrow afternoon, though, we've got a special event. The Fox League team will give you a sneak peek into what is shaping up to be another big year with Fox League season showcase, the 90-minute special Uh, Previews, all the round one matches and some projects you'll see on Fox in 2021. You can see that on NRL.com and, of course, on Fox League and KO from 1pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time. And before we take off into the 2021 Telstra Premiership. What better way to remember the 2020 campaign than with the 2020 official Rugby League Annual. It's the 34th edition in a series put together by the game's leading historian, David Middleton. The 2020 Annual looks back in detail at the season like no other. It's on sale on March 5th, so only a couple of days away. Pre-order your copy now at rugbyleagueannual.com.au. I've already uh, been speaking to Middow and said get me a copy. It's got everything you need. Can you get- Get me one too, sure. And then I'll, Malcolm I'll Middleton I'll bil- is the better
2: Middleton. I'll, I'll do bill you, do you. Anything yourself? Just get me a copy, mate. <laughs> so once
0: that, you want everyone to do your homework, and you want me to shout you in you? Yes, please. Samuel. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you, Michael. Thank you, Jamie. Looking forward to a season in the hot seat along you guys for Inside the NRL. Thank you most of all to everyone that's tuned in again for our opening show. We'll be back next Monday from 5. NRL Teams is back uh, next Tuesday as well, so we'll have all the latest team updates there. But this week, of course, the last week for a long time with no Thursday night footy. But you're in for a treat this week as we look back at the uh, Panth- uh, the Parramatta Eels Premiership in 1986, produced by Adam Halls. Here's a snippet of Eels 86. Ladies and gentlemen, grand final
2: time. I know some people might say, uh, how could he know he was going to win? The electric eels of Parramatta, the one and only Ray Price. I knew we
0: were going to win because we were the better side.
2: You could take everything else off me, as far as all the things I've done in rugby league, but I wouldn't like you taking the competitions off me.
1: This man is rugby league, Michael Cronin!
2: When you said, what's the one thing you're not going to take? I said, well, you're not going to take the premiership. Number seven, can I give you the Deleham half of the year, the player of the year, the
0: master, Peter Stirling?
1: I think 86, to me, really resonates because I would won in 81, 82, 83. Got beaten in the grand final in 84, didn't make the grand final in 85, and I think there might have been a little bit of a consensus here that we were kind of on our way out. There might have been some doubters there.